Here we go yeah. Woo. What is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast We are your hosts Nate, John, and Brandon That's it? That's it man That's all you got for us today? Yeah. That's the most mayonnaise sandwich uh, way of saying that I've ever just, heard That really threw me off Usually you don't throw me off by this point but that one kind of threw me off I feel like I've got you decently in the past like three Remember I, last time I did that? Like, hey go ahead not psych Cut in on you. Yeah, I forgot about that. I hold it out. Yeah, I know. Boys, we have a massive episode today. Lots to get to. We're going to recap last night's UFC fight night, which was headlined by Ryan Spann versus Anthony Smith. We'll also take a look ahead and get you ready with our picks and predictions for this Saturday night's UFC 266, which is double headlined by Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega for the featherweight title and Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy for the women's flyweight. Also in our news, we'll discuss some big fight announcements retirements and a potential new MMA promotion and finally we're going to finish off by opening up our fight pantry for the first time and test out some Australian cookies called Tim Tams. They look so good. So definitely stick around till the end for that but first boys what is up and how's everybody's week? Good. Yeah. Just having a good good little week. Uh, I wish these 90 degree days would go away but outside of that. Yeah it's so weird like mid-September in Indiana to still be at it like yeah. with this heat thing next week's supposed to be like 60s yeah like next week's supposed really to be lows chilly. are like 40s yeah. yeah so i for the first time ever in my uh whole life at 31 years old i had my first family reunion experience yesterday mm. um like i mentioned last week i am a proud romanian so my mm. family celebrated 100 years of being in America. Clap it up. Yesterday. Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Let's give it up for the let's give it up for the ones that came before me. Yeah. Made that made that journey, dog. Hey, somebody <laughs> they they crawled so you could run. You yeah, know? yeah. But one of my uh cousins, uh, she came in, she was from Texas and uh so, so she was you know, she's not from here. Um, but she was like you know, I was so excited to come to Indiana because I'm like, oh my gosh, I get an Indiana Midwest fall so she packed nothing but like jeans and hoodies and like long sleeves. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, I literally had to go to Walmart yesterday and like buy a whole new like uh, wardrobe thing. <laughs> Jeez. So, but no, it was great, man. I got, uh, I, I went hungry and I had no intentions other than eating Romanian food. So right. all the bonas, they showed out with some Galusti, some Mama Liga. Um, dude, if we ever do a fight pantry, if we ever get a Romanian fighter, which there are a couple in the UFC, mm-hmm. we just need him to get to that, you know, right. He'll get there. Um, but, uh, well, I, I can definitely hook us up with some, uh, homemade, nice. uh, Romanian cuisines. That'd be exciting. Oh yeah. They, they, they come out, they come out. So, so like, like, it'd, it'd have to be a quick episode. Right. So, <laughs> so all your poops today are from the motherland. Yes. For sure. Yes, for sure. Like when you're, when your stomach's not used to it, it's, uh, that cabbage will get you. Dog. Ooh, yeah. Those cabbage rolls with the sausage. Yeah. So it's, it, it'll tear you up. But yeah, man, other than that, um, I don't really have anything else that happened this week. I'm excited for this episode. I really right. am. We've got a lot to get to. It seems like we haven't had a pay-per-view in months. I think that's what it is. It's like this week's going to be like, so I'm just excited to have a big fight, a pay-per-view mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah. Anybody have anything else, though, before we get into the episode? Not that you two would be interested in. Nope. Define that, because I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. You know, like adult stuff, like politics and numbers and money. Yeah. That seems... That seems no, no, no. So, okay, the, um, yesterday was... Do you guys know what Kokomo is? Yeah. Like the... 
reenactment thing. Yeah. Yeah. So last yesterday was well today technically too, but this was the last year they're doing it. And so mm-hmm. I went to that yesterday. So that's kind of sad for me. Yeah, I, I love that thing, man. Like, right. I really like going to that. And so this is the last year they're doing it. I so. went one time in elementary, I think. Oh, okay. And I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Well, never well, been back. Never went. Sense. We'll never go back. You were an elementary student? I think. That's, that's fair, I guess. Yeah, I never Yeah, been. but shouldn't it be more fun then? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know you as an elementary Can I be honest, student. though? I find the reenactment stuff a bit corny. Like, I just can't get into it. I mean, is it like I, LARPing to you? I don't know. Yeah, but in a sense, but I feel like I I would thrive in a LARPing environment. Right. Um. I feel like I could really get into that. Right. <laughs> I don't think. I don't. I think feel so. like I'd yell out spoilers <laughs> just so you guys know they lose. Yeah. <laughs> but just to like, I don't know, man. I just every time like I've never been to Connor Prairie. No. Nope, um, but I've heard enough about it to know that it would just not for me. Yeah. Like that's... when you're like, hey, what's the date? And they're like. July 17th, 1648. And I'd be like, okay, really knock the shit. Sorry. Knock the shit. Let's get, you know, let's, what's the, you know, but it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, you know, I just, uh, come on, man. I'm a history guy though. I don't Dude, know. I, just, I, I, I like that stuff and I'm not there so much to watch the reenactment of the battle. I just enjoy the atmosphere and like they sell a lot of stuff that you can get. You can't get elsewhere. Are you one of those guys who feels like you were born in the wrong area? Uh, sometimes I do contemplate that, yeah. <laughs> do you feel like you should have been in that battle? I don't, like, feel, I don't feel like it's sometimes. I feel like you feel like that a lot. Yeah. God, I should have been born in the 50s. Oh, it's a dumb time to be alive. Freaking 1800s, huh? how to thrive. Yeah. yeah. Nobody goes outside. <laughs> long sleeves, long pants. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't get the Peaky Blinders thing, because I feel like if you oh, could, geez. if it was appropriate, you would dress like that. So boring, yeah. I feel like you would dress like that, though. Yeah, I mean, I have a hat from Peaky Blinders. <laughs> there we go. Well, boys... We got to get into this because yeah. we've got a lot to get to. And per usual, we ask that you please follow, subscribe, depending mm-hmm. on whatever mm-hmm. streaming service that you are currently listening on. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please, 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 please. click five stars, write us a review. It goes a long way in helping us be um, found organically mm-hmm. and grow. Mm-hmm. And if you are on social media, you can follow us at, at Neon Belly Podcast. Um, also, you could email us. Yeah. You could tell Brandon whatever you want. Right. I've been waiting. At Neon Belly Podcast at, or no, Neon Belly Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know about the fights, whatever. Yeah. We got we got some pay-per-views to talk Shout about. Shout out to Bullhorn, that app. We've got some little love yep. off that too, so. Yep. Listening on that, we love you. Little Bullhorn action. Well, boys, let's get to it. Last night, Oof. UFC Fight Night, Vegas 37, the main event, light heavyweight, cha- or not championship, Ooh, light heavyweight <laughs> match, Anthony Smith. Defeating Ryan Spann via submission, rear naked choke at 347 in round one. What a fight. Uh, man, Anthony almost. Smith impresses again. Three fights in a row. That what do you guys thought? What was your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with, well, I guess two things. One was the hands, because I really thought mm-hmm. the ones that started started flying, that Spann was going to just crack him and he was going to wield him. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I really liked was how much, I feel like Anthony Smith's kind of been really like falling back in love with his jujitsu a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he really, that's, that's a good thing for him. I think the more he's on the ground, the better. Yeah. So. Well, there's not very many guys at 205 that, you you know, you're in much trouble if mm-hmm. they're on your back or, you know, there's just not a lot of jujitsu guys. Mm-hmm. So he stands out with that. And then his durability and his, like those hands did look good. It was, like I said, almost flawless performance. Yeah, his striking, to me, that's the story for him is like, um, I don't know if that's just like, I, I think he switched camps. Seems like he left that 
camp with, with James Krause. I don't know if he's still involved with them at all. Uh, but, man, his striking to me has just come a really long way. Uh, the straight shots, the jabs, obviously. But last night he got it done with the hooks. Mm-hmm. You know, those. You know, I, I went back and I watched actually the fight a couple times because it was, you know, so short. Right. But uh, Ryan Spann was leaving that, you know, that uh, right hand a little low. And I think Smith just kept seeing it and kept, you know, coming over the top of those big hooks. Um, but, yeah, man. I can't say it enough. Um, I think for Anthony Smith, and I said it last week, is I, I just give that guy credit. I'm not a huge fan, mm-hmm. but I feel like you got to give him credit. Like I was saying, is sometimes you got to be willing to take a step back in competition, reinvent yourself, and then right. build from there. And that's what he's done. And, um, you know, last night got a win over a very legit contender that's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that and now he's right back in a title pic- picture, you know, called out Alexander Rakic afterwards. Um, I saw Rakich did respond and said he's good to go in Merry December. Merry Christmas to me. Yeah. So, I mean, and that fight makes a ton of sense. But like I said, Anthony Smith went back, fought a couple no-name guys, got three wins now, over, or well, a third win in a row over a big-name guy. Next fight's probably a number one contender match. You yeah. know, he wins that, he's right back to the title. Can you imagine him getting up there and winning it, just becoming the cycle of 205 to lose some fights, work your way back up, and wouldn't, reinvent yourself? Wouldn't surprise me, man. I feel like that'd be a common trend. Um, one thing I did notice, too, that kind of stood out was at the end of the fight, how much it seemed like there was a lot of animosity that had been. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that there was it was so, so personal, and I, I wasn't too in tune with the pre-fight stuff, so maybe I just mm-hmm. missed there, a lot. There, I don't think there was. I think what happened is... Um, there, there, to me, I never saw anything. I thought they were actually, and I think even Span said it in the cage, is like, dude, I showed you respect. I think what it was is just you got two bulls in there adrenaline, and just man. adrenaline. I think it was mm. just more of an instant reaction because right. I think you saw once he kind of calmed down, he was like, all right, all right, all right, yeah, I'm good. Like, we're yeah. good. Um, yeah, because I don't, I, don't, I don't remember anything specifically being said. You know, Span might, I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, when these guys are doing interviews, they have to say, like, yeah, I'm going to beat yeah. him. I don't think he's good enough, you know. Right. So, you know, maybe it was just something he said kind of got under, yeah. you know, or you, something Span said got under. You Smith's don't know what's getting whispered during face-offs. Yeah, and I don't. In between rounds. I just think it was adrenaline. I did see DC tweeted, like, hey, if you guys aren't friends, don't fake it. I like that energy. <laughs> so I mean, see. yeah, I don't think they're friends, but right. I don't. I also don't think, like, how he reacted was like who yeah. is a representation of how he feels about Ryan Spann. It's never good having a bloody nose and trying to fight the guy who just beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't look good. Yeah, no. that's, that's a tough one to do. Yeah. Very impressive though. Yeah, very impressive. And one thing, you know, like I said last week too, was I felt like Smith was, he was going to have to try to stay in the center and he stayed in the center the whole time mm-hmm. with Spann. Every time he, you know, felt like he was getting backed up, he would step off, you know, he refused to get, and that's, that's how you have to fight a guy like Span who wants guys against the cage. And mm-hmm. I also thought, too, when um, – I'll say this. When Span got the body lock, right, uh, he got Smith back against the cage a little because Smith kept turning his back. He did it, like, twice. I thought that was really weird to kind of get away from stuff. Uh, but he kind of caught Smith, and then Smith retreated, and he got to his back. And he carried him across the cage and to his corner, which, okay, cool. I, I see what you're doing there. But I felt like that was such a waste of time and energy and, like, you kind of – like you, you at that point when you get a position like that on a guy like Anthony Smith you've got to just get him to the ground mm-hmm. and so i feel like when you carry him across the cage like you kind of gave him a minute to assess where his hands were where he needed to get his hands because as soon as he put his feet on the the mat 
Smith got out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I, I mean, I'm not saying that would have changed the trajectory of the fight by any means, but I'm just saying I feel like that could have been, if I'm Ryan Spann and I'm looking back, it's like, I probably should have just taken him down when I got to the back because he picked him up with ease. Mm-hmm. And he could have just dropped him, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when you come to these these vets, especially somebody like Smith who's been in there with the best guys, you make a miscalculation and that could be the fight for you. So Sure, very true. Um, our co-main event, light heavyweight again, Eon Kuntalabe defeats Devin Clark via unanimous decision. Um, very, very, very dominant performance by Kuntalabe. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, I wrote down very mature and evolved performance because um, he didn't allow himself to get drawn into those crazy firefights like we've seen. Mm-hmm. Once again, best first round fighter in the UFC. Like this yeah. dude 10 8 everybody in the first yeah. round, dude. Like it's nuts. That cardio stood up. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. dude. Um, and his car, that was it. Like the cardio evolved. He looked great. He had to do some nice takedowns as yeah, well man. against the guy who they expected. He was stuff and stuff. You see, yeah. You see that Devin Clark's mouth afterwards? Yeah. yeah mm. I like busted his teeth Ugh. out or something, right? Like just, Ugh. um, but yeah, didn't, didn't allow himself to get caught. Cardio was a big thing for me. I thought looked like it looked like he might've faded a little bit there in the third round, but still very much improved from Mm -hmm. what we have seen man i think if he can keep up and this is like a legit transformation that we've seen in him because we haven't seen this you know from him and i mean obviously he was on a really run bad run of form there uh but man if this is just who he is and where he's come i'm i'm here for it i think he's dangerous he's a big dude man yeah Mm -hmm. i forget how big he is sometimes Mm -hmm. i mean devin clark's not Probably the biggest 205er. Right. I mean, his legs are. Do you guys see Devin or uh, the Devin Clark? Oh yeah, Devin Clark. Do you guys see his legs? Mm-hmm. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if your legs could get any bigger That's with that frame, man. That wrestling for you. Yeah, but very dominant. Um, super excited for. I mean, I think Kutalabe throws himself right back in the mix. Not mm-hmm. for a title picture, but in terms of uh, just kind of a bigger name and opponent. Yeah, they uh, needed some mid tier guys too to yeah. start working their way up. And, it, and he did it in an impressive way as well, mm-hmm. which is what you need because he's already kind of got a name. And like I said, like last week with the Hulk stuff, yeah. the painting himself, like people recognize him, know who he mm-hmm. is. You know, he's been in memes and yeah. Uh, but dude, shave the hair, man. I'll give it to you. I see he shaved his head and he got some power, I guess. Yeah, aerodynamic, dude. <laughs> Very. Uh, also last night, women's flyweight, uh, Ariane Lipsky defeating Mandy Baum by unanimous decision. Good fight. I think mm-hmm. Lipsky dropped Baum in every single round. Mm-hmm. Uh, landed some really big shots. So big win for her. Um, Arman Sarukian defeats Christos Yagos by TKO. Um, that was a crazy, mm-hmm. crazy knockout. Uh, I kind of thought Yagos was kind of, kind of settling in a little bit and then mm-hmm. that uh sarku sarukian um landed a big shot there mm-hmm. started calling out some big names and stuff once uh yeah once some smoke yeah and then 55 our, is just crazy it man. is it's it's nuts man it's like the craziest division ever the f- rank number of like 15 16 guy at 55 could probably just wreck most <clears> of the outside circuits <laughs> it's just, weird um but boys the bantamweight king yeah <laughs> the bull nate manis Defeating Tony Gravely by TKO, round two. Um, we got to stop and talk about this one for a minute because, yeah, geez, scary. That was man. <laughs> he got Manus got dropped the mm-hmm. end of the first round. Big shot. I mean, he was. If that was another ten seconds, he, that fight's over. Yeah, for I mean, sure. He was. He was out. I <laughs> think was it Mark Smith was the ref. I think I believe, mm-hmm. and he was very generous because I think he. I think if he would have stopped it, nobody would have, you know, mm-hmm. had anything to say no, about it. Except for Manus, obviously. Well, sure, yeah. But, well, you could tell he was a little, um, he even said in his post fight he's never been dropped before. Right. And you could tell, like, when he stood up, he was like, 
what is going on? Like, I was wait as soon as that the round ended. I was waiting too. It's like, is he gonna stand straight up or is she gonna sit for a second? Yeah, and figure mm-hmm. out where he is because like he's you know who yeah. knows where he's at. Yeah, but man, then comes out in that next round and uh, finds the chin, dude. That his power once again at that division at that weight class one thirty five. His power is a problem, man. His mm-hmm. striking and he utilizes his length so well too. I mean that jab, he sticks it out there and he just stings guys with it, and mm-hmm. then follows always follows it up with nice big shots too. Yeah, one of the better comebacks. I mean this year, uh, I was looking for like fighter tweets about it because I you know I look sure. at it all the time, and some people were comparing it to the Oliveras Chandler, mm. where it's good, like the this could have got finished with a couple more seconds. Right, come out in the second round, it's a complete flip and reset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. And he's now three and zero in the UFC. That was a big win for him, um, it, because here's the thing is. You know, that guy, um, sorry, Tony Gravely was a, is a really good wrestler. And obviously we know Manus is, a, is more of a striker. So, you know, to survive, his takedown defense looked really good. Mm-hmm. I thought he sprawled really well and was defending everything really nicely. So I think getting a win over a guy like that answers a lot of questions for him moving forward. And I think he's going to get a big opponent next. I really do. He called to- out some good names. Yeah, and who did he call out? He called out O'Malley. He called out that Adrian Giannis. And Giannis tweeted back and said, one day we'll probably definitely set it up. You're a good fighter. Yeah, yeah I like the O'Malley fight, man. Yeah. It'd be interesting. <laughs> it, uh, it would be interesting. I would... think O'Malley. Well, O'Malley might take that. I right? think he would. Yeah, man. I don't. He seems like he doesn't want any good fights at his current contract. Yeah, he keeps right. saying like, so he, give yeah. give me bums until we. Re- so I guess in terms of his categories, that might make sense, right? Yeah, and I think it would because I mean, three and zero in the UFC, big win like that. I think you can make the argument for Manus to get a top. Somebody in the top 15, mm-hmm. you know, not high up, but, you know, from 15 to, you know, maybe 13, mm-hmm. you could probably give him. And if you're Dana, you have O'Malley over here kind of just being a diva a little bit about this. Yeah. Feed him somebody hard who's not ranked well, and make him kind of earn this contract he's been complaining about. Well, and with O'Malley, we know, too, that these are the opponents he wants. He wants and, and the, the opponents that the UFC wants him to have, because remember uh, with the Ricky Simone fight, it came out that Dana mm-hmm. said, Hey, like we don't want him to fight Simone because Simone's just going to take O'Malley down and mm-hmm. lay on him. And we don't want that. And here's a guy in Manus that's going to go out and dog fight, do you. exactly what they want guys to do against O'Malley, which is come forward, throw bombs at him, you know, and, and it'd be a tough fight for Nate. Oh, it'd be a sure. huge fight. I mean, O'Malley, what O'Malley does, and and the hype is real. I think behind O'Malley, um, and and it would be a tough fight for for Nate. But I'm here for it. Yeah, I'd love to I see mean, it. You don't get a lot of chances to get these type of guys, and if and especially these guys who you know usually somebody in O'Malley's spot. Except for him and Aspinall, they both seem to kind of want to slow things up a little yeah. bit. But usually guys are like, I want the title. Give me a yeah. top three guy. So yeah. if you get a chance to get a name like this, you yeah. got to jump on it. I think Manus' style would actually it would actually be interesting too because he does fight so long and he, he does utilize his reach and stuff. So, you know, you look at some of the guys O'Malley's fought. You know, Cheetah's kind of a – Cheetah. Cheetah's a kind of <laughs> bigger guy. But, you know, it would just be interesting to see two longer guys mm-hmm. and, and what would happen in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last fight on the main card last night, Joaquin Buckley defeats <sighs> Antonio Ahoyo by KO. Yeah, he knocked him yeah. out. Round three. Sorry, I had that rope. That weird. dude had a nerve ball on his forehead, though. Yeah. Mm. Buckley got that hematoma, and it was yeah. nasty. Yeah, big win for him, though. Good for him to get back, uh, get another big win like that. So This yeah. dude either knocks people out, like almost highlight style, or he just loses fights. That's his only two. If you look at his records, yeah. they're like really good KOs or, you know, like the Holland fight or, you know, some of the other ones where he just doesn't quite right. get it on in time. But he's a uh, – 
he's very uh, entertaining to watch. Yeah, I like him. I like him too. That's yeah. yeah. He's just a fun fighter. Anything else on UFC Fight Night Vegas thirty seven boys? Before we move on, are we going to mention anything about Van Camper? Oh no, I'm glad you wrote yeah. that. I didn't have that wrote down. Yeah, he okay. So uh, Cameron Van Camp, his fight got pulled. Uh, was it Thursday that he mm-hmm. announced that? I believe so. Um, I guess they said he had, or he said in a video he put out on his Instagram that there was uh, complications with his uh, brain scan, I believe. Mm. Um, he said he was fine, but that they would not be able to um, get him cleared in enough time mm-hmm. uh, to fight on Saturday. So hopefully he's okay, first off. Right. You know, I don't. I don't know what that could be. I, I don't know if that could be like maybe he just had a little swelling and they just needed him to pass like a concussion protocol or, you know, and they couldn't do that. And I don't know what that means. Um, but hopefully he's okay first off. But hopefully he gets another shot and soon. Because yeah. if he's ready to go, I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's that could be anything. I mean, the brain. Yeah, I have no idea. It could, be, it could just be them having a hard time reading what they have. Sure. And they, you know, it could have been so many different mm-hmm. things. So Yeah. But I mean, he did find he did sign a four fight contract from what I read. So hopefully yeah. they honor that. And I'm sure they will. He was willing to do it, and it's not anything. You know, it's not like he showed up and missed weight, or uh, he actually said in the video his like everything was coming. He said his weight was doing great and stuff like that. So um, we could see him in the next week or two. I mean, somebody yeah. falls off of a card if he's yeah. ready to go. I mean, 155 pounds. I mean, you could pretty much yeah. You know, there's said, plenty mm, of them yeah. out there to fight. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so yeah, hopefully he gets better and, but yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So yeah, no fight for Van Camp this time. Um, also last night, boys, Bellator, mm-hmm. Bill Davis defeating Yoel Romero via split decision. Interesting scorecard here. Yeah. 30, 27, 28, 29 and 30, 26. So you have two judges obviously giving uh, Phil Davis every round, and one of those judges giving one of those rounds a 10-8, mm-hmm. but then one judge gave a round to yeah. Yoel. So uh, horrible, horrible judging. Um, yeah. I did not see the full fight. I've seen, like, highlights of it, and then I've read, um, I read like, a blow-by-blow yeah. uh, breakdown. <laughs> yeah, play-by-play yeah. of it. Um, and from the little I've seen, the, the amount that I read is, I didn't get the impression that Yoel was really ever in that fight. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the first round seemed like, but it just seemed like the first round there wasn't much to go off of. Yeah. I don't, have you guys seen or heard anything or just all the Twitter the Twitter yeah. highlights? Just the, all the, the funniest thing I tweeted and it's and it wouldn't surprise me is like people are like I don't think uh, Yoel knew this was a three rounder. I think he yeah, thought it was I saw five. It. Yeah. But dude, that's how look at the easy fight. I mean, that's just like what he's done, and I feel what like, he's turned into. But and, and you know, like I hate to say it again because uh, I do like Yoel, but. The UFC is usually not wrong when they make big cuts like this. Mm. And maybe they just saw something and um, because he has been really hesitant to pull the trigger and stuff mm-hmm. lately. And that's how when the clips that I was watching and it just, I mean, to be fair to Phil Davis, it looked like he just put on war. I mean, he was taking him down six times. Yeah. I mean, he just outmotored him and yeah. um, did just did everything right in that fight to beat a guy. Like, yeah. And from the, the highlights I saw when Yoel was on his back, he just really didn't offer anything to try yeah. to get up or move his hips or anything. So, um, fair play to Phil Davis. I saw he said he wants back in that, uh, yeah, that's like the, heavyweight the most, Grand Prix, but probably the cursed, most cursed tournament I've seen. All of them are, dude. Remember like DC, how he got into the yeah. Bellator Grand Prix was off an injury and then he goes on and wins it. He or was like strike a strike force or strike force. Yeah. yeah. But same thing. Scott yeah. Coker, uh, it's his thing, but yeah. That's well, the 45 went fine. The McKee yeah, and sure. Uh, Pitbull. Pitbull, but yeah, no, I, I think, uh, somebody tweeted that that's the Phil Davis. We thought he could be basically and right. Kind of reminded me of like when he fought Gustafsson with the, you know, the, all the hype that Alexander had and then kind of mm-hmm. going in there and dominating him on the ground. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what Yoel does now. I did see. Um, I guess he was offered the Jake Paul fight. Did you guys see yeah, that yeah. before Woodley? Yeah, uh, he said that they were in talks. Um, I'll be honest with you. I can see that happening next for him because um, I think it was Hawani had pointed out this week when uh, uh, Yoel had said that is they're both Showtime fighters now because yeah. Bellator's under Showtime. Jake Paul is. Um, so right now, if you look at it. He kind of fits the MO of what Jake Paul wants, an old aging, you know, mm-hmm. MMA fighter, mm-hmm. kind of passes prime a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Yoel has a little bit more boxing experience. You know, I think he's trained some boxing when he was in Cuba and stuff. He started out as a boxer actually before he transitioned to wrestling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, that, well, that just I, kind of, I mean, he's bigger than well, Yoel longer. You yeah. know, it just, it kind of fits that pattern of what we've seen. So I could see that next for Yoel. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if Paul would do it just because Yoel is, he's not, Paul's bigger, but not by a lot. He's not bigger. I think it makes, I think he'd whoop him. I just don't even think, I mean, cause just like same thing with Woodley, like once again, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit tentative, doesn't want to pull the trigger. Like it just fits yeah. every MO that, that Jake Paul's looking for. Yeah. I think who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think, I honestly don't know at this point. I can't say, Oh no, this, this is different, right? Like yeah, this nothing's is off the table with them now. Yeah. But the only, sure. the only kind of catch there is yes, that he is, as far as I understand, would be the biggest guy that Paul's fought right. at this point. So, yeah. Um, so that, that's that also a uh, Neiman Gracie. I saw one by knockout. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him, man. I think that's, I think he said that was his first, uh, knockout victory. Mm-hmm. So shout out to him, man. Um, also we have to mention because we didn't get to get to it last week because as the event was going on, we were actually recording last week's pod, but Vitor Belfort did defeat Bernard Hopkins via first round KO. Evander Holyfield. Or, uh, sorry. <laughs> Same thing, right? <laughs> Sorry, boxing fans. Yeah. Evander Holyfield via first-round knockout. I don't know why I wrote down Bernard Hopkins. Yeah, that was – I mean, it's pretty much exactly what we said last week, right? I mean, he just looked old, and, mm. I mean, the, Vitor acted like he had knocked out Canelo the way he right. was acting. Like, come on, dude. Uh, he did it on short notice, too, right? Yeah. Uh, Holyfield did, yeah. yeah. Three yeah. weeks, something yeah. like that. Um, and then also, though, the bigger fight. The one that I really want to talk about. Yeah, the real main event, the people's (laughs) main event. Anderson Silva defeats Tito Ortiz via first-round knockout. Um, Wow. I mean, like, Anderson, this Anderson Silva boxing thing is like, I just, I want to read what Dana White, his quote that he said, because I feel like it's like sums up this whole thing. He said, at 46 effing years old, he left this sport as possibly the greatest of all time, goes out, beats Julio Chavez Jr. in a boxing match, and then goes out and knocks Tito Ortiz out in 40 seconds. Anderson Silva might actually be the GOAT of combat sports. Wow. That kind of gives me goosebumps when I read it. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm just a, I mean, obviously I'm a Silva stan, so I can admit right. that. But, um, so there's a little bias there for me. But I just think he's wanted to do this for so long. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, Man, if he was doing this when he was like thirty-five, like, mm. well, what um, level could he have actually uh, been boxing at? You know what I mean? I think it. I can't remember what boxer it was. Maybe it was Devin Haney or somebody else. Basically said like Anderson might have missed his chance to be yeah. what could have been like a, a top level world champion boxer. Any part of you guys think we're we're little fast on that? No. Could be. I mean, uh, now here, well, here's why I'm saying that. I'm not a boxing guy, so I could be way sure. off, but. Two fights in, Tito Ortiz is Tito Ortiz. I know who he is. 
I don't know much about the other guys, so maybe that's just well, a- well, the first guy is a world championship boxer. Yes. Mm-hmm. It means he's went through amateurs, was went through like, pro. But is he, so was it Vander Holyfield, right? But we were just given Oh, 100%. But, so Chavez Jr., I think, was he was younger than so I think he was only like 36, 38 yeah. when they fought, just like last year. Was it that last year or this year when they fought? That was uh, this year. It was this year, yeah. yeah. So he is a younger guy, and, and, and I mean, he's definitely past his prime days for sure. Um, and Tito Ortiz is not a boxer. I mean, you could tell. I mean, right. with the, the, sh- the shot that Anderson landed was like Tito just yeah. landing these awkward hooks and then mm-hmm. Anderson just came well, over the top. Tito's also not somebody who gets like knocked out. Mm, he's old though. And here's what I'll say to this. I'm a little bit, yes, I, I we could be a little bit fast on that. Um, I see what you're saying, but I just think it's more of if you consider his age, you kind of graded on a curve a little bit there. Mm. Um, so going out and beating younger guys, former world champion uh, in boxing, to me says a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't think a lot of guys that are in their 30s right now can maybe go beat a Julio Chavez Jr., to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you notice, too, uh, neither of the Paul brothers are touching that silver pot. Like, they're not saying nothing. And there's a reason for that. You know, there's a reason they're saying Woodley, Askren, possibly a Yoel. Because when you look at Silva, he has real skill. There's real... I mean, Mm -hmm. like, dude, Tito... I was telling John, I was like, Tito made uh, Silva look like Muhammad Ali in that corner before he knocked him Mm -hmm. out with the head movement. Like, (laughs) I mean, it was just like... He was just seeing everything. Yeah, I mean, you can't... You have to really be able to box. I mean, I think... Both Paul brothers can, but there's also levels, right. and I think Silva might just be a different level. Well, and I think that what makes it different between the Vitor and Holyfield, right? Vitor didn't box Holyfield. He literally just ran at him yeah. and threw punches sure. until Holyfield fell over. Which was always going to happen. Whereas Anderson boxed. He literally head movement, footwork, set him up, you know, was coming around the corner like he did actual boxing and he outboxed a world championship boxer mm. it wasn't like silva went in there and threw a fancy like spinning back fist and knocked out a world championship boxer he outboxed him mm-hmm. and i think that's where it gets a little bit different but you just don't see a lot of i mean you see it with these jake paul fights is these mma guys there's obviously levels of boxing and anderson is actually at this point he's a boxer now to where you know, these guys that are getting by with fighting guys who don't have as much form and stuff are a little bit more afraid of them now. Sure. And, excuse me, I also think, um, I also saw, I mean, that uh, Silva, his team said something about the Floyd Mayweather doing that, like kind of how him and Logan did oh, it. Oh, yeah. They said they think it would break, like, all pay-per-view records, which I don't know if it necessarily would because I think both of those guys are not the names that they once were. Um, and I think for, uh, you know, a Mayweather to sell pay-per-views today, he kind of needs a Logan Paul-esque, like a big name like that, like a big celebrity or something outside of fighting. Um, but it'd still be interesting. Yeah. I'd like to see well, it. Well, Anderson <laughs> wanted the Roy Jones fight for so long, but now it looks like that probably wouldn't even be competitive if you look at Roy Jones and yeah. Tyson right. in that fight. But I do want to bring up real quick that Triller is just not doing good business right now. Yeah. They promoted most of these fights as being real fights. It come out that they're all exhibitions, so they don't yeah. go on their record. Which we felt we knew that the Vitor Holyfield one would be because it's last minute and Holyfield's this old guy who probably couldn't pass all the tests. But you know somebody like Anderson to put in all that work and then it end up being an exhibition kind of sucks because it doesn't go to your record. But sure, they're just kind of kind of throwing these fights out there and it's just not. I'd uh, I'd love to hear um, Cejudo's response to uh, Dana White's comments about <laughs> best combat sport ever. Oof. One word answer: greatest What's combat that? sport of all time between Cejudo and Silva. Cejudo. Silva. I, yeah, yeah. Why Cejudo? <sighs> Man, you know, just with the Olympics and then multiple weight classes. So the, he did the Olympics once. Mm-hmm. 
still can, I mean, so he so he's won. So you'd put one Olympic gold medal. I mean, that's 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 more than one match, and, though. I mean, that's a whole. That, that took a minute to get to that gold medal, right? Sure. It wasn't like you just had a match. Mm-hmm. What did he do in college? Did he was he? I mean, I assume he's probably a national champion. Maybe, yeah. Probably. I mean, it had to have been. You would yeah, think. I would be thoroughly impressed if he wasn't a national champion. Sure. But yes. To be fair, Anderson did win belts at welterweight. And middleweight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So how much? In well, USC? no, Su- just in general. Suhudo did 25 and 35, though. Yeah, triple C. Mm. So you would give an Olympic medal and two uh, UFC titles more credit than, um, it, well, a Silva is a very accomplished champion. You'd have to go through the whole legacy of his, and then now what he's doing in boxing. I'm sure he's probably won stuff in jujitsu. Probably mm-hmm. in the moment right now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, just I'm just right curious. Now. Just curious to know your thoughts. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, was, I'm open to being convinced otherwise. I would but. say this. Cejudo was the best guy in his weight class for like three years. Sure. Anderson was for like seven, eight. Uh, yeah, I would say it depends how much weight you would put into the wrestling. I think it would just vary in opinions there. Like how much stock people... Because like even before box uh, MMA and stuff, I mean, Silva was doing like kickboxing. And mm-hmm. did he do Muay Thai fights? I can't remember. Um, I cannot remember. But, you know, he's fought so many different uh, sports. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't achieve like... Uh, something like an Olympic gold medal, but you know, if you look at diversity and in, in terms of like the combat sports, actually, mm-hmm. you know, he's been very successful in multiple yeah. combat sports as to where Cejudo's just been wrestling in MMA. So that's what I'm saying. It depends how much stock you would put into the variety mm-hmm. of Silva compared to the achievements of what Cejudo's done mm-hmm. to me. Just an interesting idea. I don't know. Silva. Somebody might ask. <laughs> Silva. Well, boys, we have a pay-per-view this week. UFC 266 this Saturday night, September 27th, or 25th, excuse me, T-Bombal Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Quick fun fact. Mm. And it's a bit odd considering it has Las Vegas in it, but the state of Nevada actually doesn't permit the lottery. Hmm. No lottery in Nevada. Hey, listen. How do you feel about that, Brandon? That's confusing. You could smoke weed, <laughs> prostitution, fine, but don't do your lottery to keep them scratch offs at home. Yep, man. unless it's a chair. I, I read unless it's a charity or a church event, no raffles or lotteries are permitted. Hmm. Wonder why? I don't know. It's interesting. Hmm. We'll have to call legislation and ask. Yeah, do some research, Brandon. Our main event for the men's 145 pound championship: the champ Alexander Volkanovsky versus the challenger. Brian Ortega. Volk is on an astonishing 19-fight unbeaten streak in his career. His most recent was defending his title for the first time last July in a rematch against former champ Max Holloway. Ortega is also fighting for the first time since 2020, where he absolutely blew by the Korean zombie in Mm -hmm. a very dominant unanimous decision victory. Um, This fight's a long time in the making. I'm excited to finally see this thing happen. It's been delayed for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously they both caught then turn into them both coaching the ultimate fighter. Um, what do you guys expect, man? What are your thoughts? Because I feel like we kind of know where Volk's career is at. Um, but Ortega, you know, that zombie fight was a big like breakthrough for him. Like we mm-hmm. hadn't really seen that stuff. So it's like, is that really, once again, is this the guy that we're going to get now? Or was that just like on the night? Mm-hmm. Cause zombie think about zombie at the time. Right. We thought he was the biggest threat to Volk and that he was going to be the one to, mm-hmm. you know, finish or, you know, put Ortega out. And here we are. Okay, here's my problem. Okay. <laughs> what is what would you say is Ortega's biggest threat? Triangles. Jiu-jitsu, right? Triangles. Okay. I wouldn't even say jujitsu. Here's what okay, so here's what I didn't see. Here's what I didn't see in that zombie fight that I was really looking forward to seeing was better takedowns. Yeah, how are you gonna get Volkanovsky down? And 
the bar, while the striking guard. the striking did look better, do you think his striking was at the point where he would have performed better against Max Holloway? Because Max Holloway made him look pretty ridiculous in, right. in the first he, fight. Yeah, in, yeah. in their only fight. Yeah, and well, talking about Ortega. Yeah, Ortega. no, yeah, yeah. right, right. No, I understand. What, that's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah. was it just on that night? He, I mean, was he just? Did he really? Because the striking to me in that zombie fight is what was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like this has finally come somewhere. Like he's actually evolved this, and he's not just this jujitsu guy. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that's what the difference was was just the pure. He outstruck zombie, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and I'm not saying Korean zombie has like the greatest striking, but the Korean zombie has devastating striking, and he does little things like he has like little, you know, he's kind of unorthodox and mm-hmm. kind of tough to deal with. And man, Ortega just put it on him on the feet. So it's like. Yeah, was is but we also know how great of a striker Max. I would put Max is the best striker, not even just in the 145 pound division, possibly the UFC. Giga's um, listening. And I mean, he's up there, sure. But <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, we'll find that one out hopefully soon. Invoke beat him twice though. Invoke beat him twice. I feel like was it the one of them was a little closer than the other. And the I second one was the way second closer. Second one, yeah. Um, it, I still feel like if those guys fight. You know, ten times it could be five and five at the end. One hundred percent. You know, I just I, I matchups make and, fights and man. matchups makes fight. And maybe Volk just has uh, Max's card on that a little yeah. bit. I mean, that could just be it too. Whatever he's offering in there is just tough for Max to deal with. But that's what I'm saying about too. But with Ortega is like it, there's there's just such a question mark over was that the legit performance or was it just mm-hmm. the matchup between zombie that he was able to implement the striking the way he did? I can't say that. We'll find out. Yeah. And I that's mean, what I'm not, most excited about. There's not very many people who can get Volkanovsky to back up. Yeah. You know, he's obviously we talked about before how he used to be really big. Mm-hmm. He's cut down. He's very solid. Uh, he uses those leg kicks really well. Nobody really takes him down. Yeah. I don't think Ortega has the wrestling to take him down. So unless my, it gets to a scramble. My only, yeah, my only thing, I, like, I could see Ortega jumping like a flying guillotine or something just with being so much taller than yeah. Volk. That's, he's got to do something like that unless he's made some big improvements in his wrestling. I just don't think he's going to outstrike him. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't yeah. see it. I don't think well, so. Either. If, you're, if you're going by body of work, Ortega's shown you this once. Right. Volkanovski's been, I mean, right. you just said it was, like, how many fights in a row is 19. it? 19. 19 fights in a row against... You know, yeah. the who's who. Aldo or yeah, Holloway, he's got a bunch. Yeah. yeah. No, I think he's just... But that's that's the scary thing, too, because is Ortega going to get in there? Because what happened in that Max fight with Ortega is... And we saw it, and I think Ortega realized it is, he just wasn't good enough. I mean, he mm-hmm. just wasn't on that level of what, mm-hmm. you know, that next level. Um, but then, which is interesting, you know, you come out and beat Zombie, and then they're like, okay, title fight. You know what I mean? That really threw me off. Yeah, but, I wasn't expecting that. But there's a lot more to Ortega. I think, you know, he's got a good story. He's got a good look. Um, he's a very marketable guy. He's super clean, yeah. you know. Like well, and he's, a, he's attached to... The biggest legacy in in UFC, the Gracies. Gracies, yeah. You know, and there, that's always a selling point to try to get somebody attached to them. Yeah, and I will say he's had a lot of time for this to prepare for this. I mean, yeah. it's been like since we knew this fight was happening till now. I mean, at least a year. It feels yeah, like. I mean, no it just excuses. feels like. And maybe yeah. So I mean, he knows what he's getting into at this point. Um, he's tough. He is tough, man. He'll take a beating too. I'm yeah. a big Ortega fan. I, I right. want Ortega to win. This I know. Fight. I think. Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. So so yeah, it's not that I. Volk's been working with Craig Jones too. So that's pretty cool. But I still, <laughs> I've been watching Ortega since he's gotten in the UFC. I want him to win. It'd be awesome. Yeah. I just don't know if he will. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It is an interesting, it's just, it's just because there's the unknown factor of it to me personally, um, that I'm not seeing, you know, something clear cut for Ortega in this fight, but 
he sh- I didn't see it in the zombie fight either. Right. I really thought, I'm sure if we go back and listen, I probably picked zombie to just dominate because I thought he would because mm-hmm. um, we were going off the, the max fight a little bit on right. that one. So yeah. we'll see. I'm excited for that main event um, and our co-main. But to me, this is really like another main event. Uh, we have the women's flyweight championship, the champ. Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. Um, you guys don't need us to tell you, obviously, how good Valentina is. Um, she's on a seven-fight unbeaten streak. Um, this will be her sixth, sixth, that's sixth, sixth. <laughs> <laughs> title defense. Her most recent was a second-round TKO over Jessica Andrade this past April. Her opponent, Lauren Murphy, um, definitely no no slouch. Uh, she's coming in on uh, really good form, five straight for her. Um, her most recent was a close, close victory over Joanne Calderwood this mm-hmm. past June. Um, so, boys, I'll ask you plain and simple, does Lauren Murphy have what it take to play spoiler this Saturday night? It's a no for me, dog. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> so I went, so it, it's tough, right? Like, I know we're kind of burying our picks here probably a little bit, but... Um, <laughs> I went back and I watched that Joanne Calderwood fight actually just last night. And I'm just like, even watching it again, I'm like, man, I don't even know if Lauren really won this fight. Like it was really close. I remember thinking she lost. Yeah, it was a really close fight. Um, But Joanne was just tagging her up and doing some really nasty stuff to her on the feet. And I'm like, Joe, uh, all respect to Joanne Calderwood and respect to Lauren Murphy, but Joe, uh, Joanne Calderwood striking is not even close to the level of what Valentina is going to have. Um, and you know, Lauren Murphy does a good job of, you know, keeping her head moving and she's, she has actually really good footwork. She's really strong lady, but this is all stuff we said about Jessica Andrade too. And she got body, body. you know, Lauren Murphy's kind of got some okay takedowns and stuff, but I just, in watching that fight and then I watched her fight before that, um, against that one girl, I can't, she looks like Bruce Lee. I can't remember her name. Um, she just, we always think she looks like Bruce. She's got like kind of oh, yeah, that yeah. haircut. Um, but that girl was even looking really good against Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy did get her down in the second round and, um, yeah, rear naked choked her. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I'm just like, I don't watch Lauren Murphy's game and see one particular thing that she does really well. She does a lot of things pretty good, which has gotten mm-hmm. her to where she is. She's a great fighter. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, um, to be, to beat Valentina, you have to do everything perfect and you have to be elite at at least one thing, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, Valentina, she just keeps on sharpening things, adding things, because at this point she's trying to beat people at what they're good at, trying to call her own shot. I mean, at this point she's probably a little bit, not necessarily bored, but it's probably not as exciting. The one thing Lauren has is she won't give you the fight. You'll have to earn the win. She'll stay around. She'll keep standing up. She'll try to keep getting takedowns and grinding. The problem is, is just you can't eat anything mm-hmm. from Valentina and think you're going to win. She's unless you're bigger than her, a la Amanda. You just it just ain't going to go well, right? Yeah, I mean, I just same page as you guys. It, I I don't. It's, I'm struggling to see what she has to offer because it sounds very similar to what we saw with Andrade, and we know how that went. So. Yeah, that's and and one thing with Valentina John, you kind of alluded to it is she just keeps getting better. To me, the ground game, her yeah. last couple of fights, and 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 you know she's had little moments in in her last couple of fights where she's looked a little mortal, I guess you could say, where she's kind of like had like oh she's kind of getting pushed. Was it the um, 
Oh, a couple fights. The Marina Rodriguez, or who was it? The kind of bullied her there for a while in one of the fights. I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. Sorry. Um, but I think it's because she's just genuinely trying new things, though. It's yeah. not because she's necessarily like the fights in jeopardy or in mm-hmm. limbo. It's just she's putting herself in different positions because I think she is getting a little bored and like, okay, well, how can I impress people Spice now? Or yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see her try to go for a sub or something. I wouldn't either. Just because at this point, it's like I'm not getting anything out of knocking you girls out yeah. over and, and over. She's, yeah, and she's definitely been showing that side of her game more. But, mm. yeah, this, this one will – I don't know. Well, I, I hate to see. I mean, here's the thing. Never, if you're going to bet money, you bet it on Lauren because the odds are going to be oh, crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take that bet, I would probably more look at like a prop bet. Probably if I was going to do it, I, I'd have to see the odds because I don't know. I haven't looked at them, but I would probably go over three and a half rounds for this just because I think Lauren Murphy is durable. She is tough. But if, if, but then at the same time, if, if you could make more money on the under, I would still go the under. I mean, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But if, if, I could see the over being a little bit more. I imagine these odds one. are going to be a little crazy. Yeah, I can't. I haven't seen them. I, we should start looking those up before we mm. do the podcast. Um, but boys, our third and final feature third bout. co-main or co uh, yeah, main event. Yeah, the people's main event. This, That's one, a, this is five rounds, right? Yeah, is it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I feel like it is. is. I think, so I'm saying I three main I, events, I think, dog. I think that's the the Diaz rule now. Yeah. Um, boys, a rematch, 17 years in the making. Uh, two MMA legends, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. Um, Nick did win the first meeting between these two way back in 2004. Obviously, that means nothing today. Uh, we can't take anything from that. Uh, but in terms of more recent results, Nick's, Nick hasn't fought since 2015 against Anderson Silva, where he lost via unanimous decision but was uh, turned over uh, to a no contest because Silva pos- tested positive for PEDs, uh, and I think Diaz tested positive for marijuana. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but that should be okay uh, because you'd also have to go back to 2017 to find Robbie Lawler's last victory. Um, he's in a rough rough run here, four straight losses for him. Um, he's definitely been more active, though. Uh, he just fought Neil Magny last year. Boys, I don't have any expectations for this fight no. other than let's go. Right. Um, I'm just excited to see these two in there. I went back and watched the fight again uh, last night, their 2004 fight. I would encourage everybody. It's on UFC's YouTube to go watch it. And I feel like even watching it, I feel like it, that's exactly how this fight's going to be. I'm not saying like the result, right. but I feel like it's just going to be two guys getting after it. Two guys get Robbie's going to be throwing bombs. Diaz <laughs> is going to be talking smack and, mm-hmm. and popping him with those jabs and the D you know, Oh man, the Diaz slapping that when he slapped Robbie <laughs> in that fight and Robbie, you, like, it just pissed Robbie. Like, you could just see in his face mm-hmm. instantly. He just got this like pit bull look on. I mean, it, that fight, that's just a fun fight to go watch again. Right. But I just, I don't feel, I feel like these two are going to pick up right where they left off. Yeah. It's interesting, man. You know, seeing the the glimpses from Nate, it makes you think that if Nick would have been staying active this long, who knows what he could have been yeah. doing. But, you know, as much as some people don't believe in ring rust and stuff like that, man, being that far away is tough to come back against somebody yeah. who has competed even recently. Sure. But the one thing about Nick is I feel like you never have to worry about shape or cardio because he's constantly doing, and I expect, I mean, if you've seen him recently, he's definitely in some crazy For shape, sure. but he's always doing those marathons and triathlons, yeah. I mean, and um, he's a guy that, I think he's like a vegan. I mean, he takes really good yeah. care of himself. He had that phase there, and I, I mean, I don't know him personally, but from what I saw on social media where he was definitely partying, and seems like he might have lost himself a bit there for <laughs> yeah. a while, but, um, but I don't think you ever have to worry about those guys not showing up in shape, ready to fight, and mm-hmm. they're going to go until you kill them, and yeah. I feel like 
you know, though the the talent or the skill level might not be where it was back then for these guys, mm-hmm. I just it's just still two guys that they're stuck in their ways and it is yeah. it's gonna be one of those those classics. I hope it's like the classic. I hope he doesn't yeah. kind of do with the Anderson thing where he was kind of, I mean, it was entertaining. Yeah. But he, you could tell he wasn't trying to win that fight. He was just in there trying to put on a show. Like sure. he never went for anything. No, that was, I rewatched that fight this week too. And it was just like, God, what was this? Kind of yeah. cringy. Oh. It was like if somebody paid like me and you to fight each other. It's like, dude, you hit me one time, I hit you one I don't, time. And I don't shit me around. And I don't remember feeling that way when I watched that fight originally. Like maybe because I was just so confused as to what was happening, or I, like mm-hmm. we've really never kind of seen something that extreme. I mean, he was like literally turning his back on Anderson and like doing like Laying karate down kids. On the ground. Yeah, and it was just kind of funny. But like watching it now, I was just like, God, dude, this is so annoying. Can you imagine <laughs> watching that with Dana? Oh gosh! <laughs> and having just have a swear jar right here, and you're gonna come out, yeah, big bucks. <laughs> what are your thoughts on anything, Brandon? Uh, my biggest thing is just that it's been so long since we've seen Nick. So you know, sure. who, who's to say he doesn't come out and just do some crazy like Imanari role and knows? do a heel hook? Yeah, like, you know what I mean. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Are we just gonna see Nick going back to what he knows and yeah. you know, throwing out his jab, slapping people, or has he got something? You know, he's been sitting on this for six years yeah. so it's got to be something he's either added or thought about so i don't know that's kind of what i'm interested to see is what do yeah. we see out of nick obviously he's got a great team you know his brother obviously the caesar gracie fight team aj Aguzar, i think is still did i say his name like Agazar. Agazar. Mm-hmm. yeah uh you know he's still around i'm sure and somebody he's trained with mm-hmm. so like i said i don't think you ever have to worry about this dude not showing up and being ready <laughs> i mean you got to worry about him showing up but right he always shows up for the fight you right, yeah. <laughs> so. i just hope he doesn't do this like come and go what kind of like nate seemed like the leon fight like as long as i hurt you at one point and i could say hi i would have got you in the streets I, i'm so with those two i'm just so okay with that that's, <laughs> that's a part you, of it that's what, yeah it's just part yeah. of it like i even in a lose they never lose they don't yeah. have you. They never. Well, it's lose. just tough because you want to see them get to bigger oh, fights and sure. get together. Like I would love to see, yeah. you know, Nick turn this around and get to fight Usman and you set this up oh, and it's this I big. See, I don't think he'll ever get to that. I see just like big name, like you know, I mean, I could see him well, fighting Jake Paul. Now. I mean, you know, like I just see like big yeah. name fights. Well, I guess like, what I'm also saying too is in the welterweight division, he's ran through everybody so much that yeah. he might, if he gets two or three wins. Oh, dude, if he can get, yeah, if he can get some legit wins, the UFC. I bet if he beat Robbie and like one more kind of legit person <laughs> contender wise the ufc would be like title shot yeah <laughs> like, like, beat, beat him and beat wonder boy oh, uh, sign him up. oh dude 100 yeah. like dude that's two and oh for dude, nick and diaz think about that wonder boy and nick that'd be awesome oh, oh, yeah. it'd be a it'd fun be a phenomenal. can you imagine the build-up of that of yeah. nick diaz just like flipping him off and cussing um, him out and wonder boy hey man before <laughs> i was an anything fan a silva fan and anybody fan i was a dia i the very one of my very first um, like live events that I actually watched on TV was the Ultimate Fighter finale where Nate won, mm-hmm. and um, and he won in like a weird like a I can't remember if the guy disqualified I can't remember what it was, um, but he was like they won't let my brother Nick in he's outside running mm-hmm. around this and that I'm like who what Nick this guy's got a brother and he <laughs> fight like I was like so new I didn't really know I mean I had mm-hmm. seen fights and watched. VHSs, but I didn't like watch like really hardcore. So then I just start looking up who these guys are, and then just fell in love with those two. So mm-hmm. this is a big one for me. I'm really, ex- I'm just happy to have him back, no matter what happens. Um, uh, but that's our three featured fights. Uh, before we get to our other stuff, uh, real quick, I'm gonna run through the rest of this main card, which is crazy. You got Curtis Blades versus Jarzinho Rosenstroik, Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Calvillo. We'll kick the main card off. Then on our prelims, the main event, you have Marlon Moraes. Versus Marab Duavashili. Really excited for that. I'm telling you what, Marab wins this fight. He's probably up there. 
it's a it's title shot or one more. I mean, he's yeah. uh, which could be interesting with Aljo because I think they're both thirty fivers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that could be interesting because they're teammates. Um, also, Dan Hooker versus Nazrat Hakparas. Interesting thing worth noting for this Dan Hooker fight, though, um, because of the New Zealand lockdown stuff in Australia, which I'm not even going to go down that wormhole. That stuff's crazy. You can look that up on your own time. Um, he hasn't been able to get his passport approved. Apparently, he has an appointment on Monday at the embassy to get it approved. Um, and if he does get approved, he said he's going to have to take the only flight out on Thursday from New Zealand, come in Thursday, late Thursday night in Las Vegas, weigh in Friday morning, fight Saturday. And that's best case scenario. And that that's if everything goes according to plan. If not, he just fights. That yeah. fight's going to be canceled. I know Izzy had a big statement to the like prime minister. It's and stuff, bad, dude. I've been just saying that. like, which, you know, we talked about it, you know, a month or so ago. It might be time for a lot of these yeah. people to move their camps and their gyms. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I saw a video yesterday where they're like, the people in Australia are oh, just like yeah. rioting. They're going out in the streets. It's it's going to get ugly over there. And they've been riding for a bit. Yeah, it's been, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's tough. It's crazy. You know, talk about human. I, no, I'm gonna stop myself there. Um, <laughs> also, uh, last one on this card, I'll mention. Uh, there's more fights. Obviously, this is a stacked card. But the last one we'll mention, just because we previewed it a couple weeks ago, uh, rescheduled. Uh, Shamil Abdurrahimov versus Chris Dawkins. Big yeah. heavyweight, uh, two big heavyweight contenders. I'm excited for that. Before we get to our picks and predictions, John, you've got a new little thing. What are yeah. we calling? What are we going to do we're with gonna, this? We're going to call this what I'll put my phone down for. Okay. Because, you know, as you watch <laughs> fights, you know, sometimes if they're not fights that you're entertained by, you're kind of scrolling through and looking up. Sure. Everybody does it. Okay. Well, maybe, well, Brandon now, he's got a smartphone again. Mm. Okay. So these are the three things. Because, like, I'd seen, like, other segments where people, like, you know, what all – what I'll let the microwave go off for and not get up and check it. Okay. So <laughs> no pee breaks. Yeah. This so is this is the thing where it's like I'm putting my phone down and this is what I'm looking for. Three, three things. Your three keys. Yep. So number one is going to be the return of the legend of Nick Diaz. Okay. Does he still have that lore? Is it still going to be something where it's like when's the next one? Like yeah. we've been waiting on this, or is it going to be like yeah maybe you should have stayed out? Okay. You just don't know. Number two, can anybody make Valentina look mortal or at least competitive because it hasn't really happened? Mm-hmm. So I will, I will watch for that. I don't think I'll be watching long because uh, <laughs> I think Valentina is going to do some things. And then lastly, is Volkanovski going to earn his title as the best 45er and people kind of let go of Max? Ooh. Because nobody's giving him credit. No. You know, when we, we talk, like, we see pictures all the time of people showing the best person in each weight class, and people still throw Holloway up at 45, yeah. even though he's lost two times to the actual champion. Right. I don't know if I'm ready to let go. But if he dominates <laughs> Ortega, it'd be tough not to make that case. Yeah, because I mean, even if you beat Max a third time, Max is just one of those people where yeah. people will try to hold on to it. That's so tough. I would man. love to so, see Volkanovski kind of earn that. So we have to pick, where are we picking one? No, no these are just oh, things just, I'm saying. Okay, yeah. gotcha. gotcha. Like, these are the things that when we watch the fights, you're going to see me paying attention, which looking for. it's not always going to be the top three fights, but for this one, these are the three most so storylines that I'm more. Gotcha. Do any of those interest you more than the other? Well, I'll tell you the one that really doesn't interest me is the Valentina one. Because you just yeah. don't see it, see it I happening? I just don't see it. And Unless it, she I, fights Amanda or, like, Rose or something, like but, a name. But isn't that kind of why you have to watch yeah. Valentina fight now? Like, Because you kind of know, it's like that Tyson thing where you're not really watching to see them win again. You're just watching to see if somebody might beat them this time. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what it was for Anderson <laughs> when he fought Chael. Yeah. You know, everybody was like, you know, is this going to be the guy that does it? Yeah. 
didn't work out, obviously. Got real close. Best, best comeback of all time. But Real close. Boys, let's get to our picks. Brandon, update us on our scoring after last oh, night. Yeah. All right. I got zero. Little shift in the scoring. So you had zero points, Nate, so you're still in last with yes. 55. And then we had, oh, there it is. John, I think you had a total of. He thinks. I just want, I didn't put the points. I know you're at 57, but I don't know how many you got last night. I got two points. I called Smith yeah. and by submission. Yes, so you had 57, and I got one point for Eon coming away. Mm-hmm. I almost had three. Oh, he got, did almost finish yeah, in the first lucky. round, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, so I'm still at first with 58. So it's 58, 57, 55. 55. Well, I will kick this off, obviously, in last place. Main event we'll start with or no we'll start with we'll start with the last one, the third one. Are you nervous only being one point up? No. no. <laughs> Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. I am gonna take Nick Diaz. Surprise, surprise. I'll say <clears throat> I'm gonna oh, I've been saying decision a lot and I'm not getting decisions. Uh I'll say Nick Diaz submission in the third round. Nice. I'm gonna take Robbie. I will say Robbie. Uh, f- fourth round TKO. Man, I'm gonna go with. Oh man, this is a tough one. I'm gonna go with Diaz. I'm gonna say decision, unanimous decision. It's five rounds, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diaz, unanimous decision. Co-main event: Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. No surprise here. I'm going Valentina. I think she gets it done. I think it might take her a little bit. I do think she finishes her, though. I'm going to say TKO in the third round. Mm. I'm taking Valentina as well. Uh, I'm going to call second round sub. Hurts her, gets down, gets that little choky and doggy. No choky choke? Okay. You said, what did you say? Submission, third round? Second round sub. Okay, second round sub. You said third round TKO. Yes, I got his. Okay. So for me, I'm going to take Valentina as well, and I will say, man. Pow, pow, pow. Can we have the exact do, same do, pick do, as somebody do, else? No. Oh, he's not allowed. He's, 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 he's bottling it. Yeah. This first place well, thing no, is man, sweating I mean, a little that's bit. That's a good pick, and that's what I'll say Valentina around 4 TKO. All right. Oh man, it's getting to him a little bit. Yeah, that's part of it, dude. He can't. You think it was it. easy for me to take the scraps you guys left me? It's, it's one thing to yell at yourself in the mirror and say I'm the champion, but yeah. then you got to actually go out. And yeah, that, now, it's getting, now it's getting real. Yeah, yeah. That, that level's <laughs> dropped down a lot. His posture is different. <laughs> he hasn't even called himself the leader once this whole time. Boys, our that's main main event: the champ Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega for the featherweight title. I am taking uh, the Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Um, I do think. Uh, Man, I will say unanimous decision. I think because mm. I think I think Ortega's tough. He's durable. Um, I could see Volkman in a big shot and finishing him. But uh, yeah, I think in the long run, I think Ortega hangs in there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take Volkanovski as well. I'm gonna say um, fourth round TKO. I think he wears on him. I think those leg kicks are coming in, and the lack of additional striking for Ortega is gonna be his downfall. <laughs> Let's hear it, big dog. Really want, Leader. I wanted Volford by UD. He is literally starting it. to sweat. All right, I'm going to take Ortega. I'm going to go with round three submission. Oh, there you go. That's going to either pay off or you're going to regret that next yeah, Monday. You might be hey. catching the... <laughs> <laughs> hey, this yeah. is what happens. You, I, I like get it. stuck with that that stuff. So. I like oh, it. no, you don't get stuck with it. You get the honor of having it because you're number one. Remember? Oh, now it's an honor? No, I'm trying to say, <laughs> if, you're gonna, <laughs> if you're going to be at the top, you got to own that, dude. Don't hey, try to give yourself I'm excuses. I'm out here. I'm still in first. Let's hey, not forget. Just hold on to that. Boys, it's news time. Let's get it. 
biggest one of the week that we're going to, well, biggest one for me that we're going to start out with is reported by Ariel Hawani. A number of influential individuals have come together to create a new MMA league called the World Fight League or the WFL for short. Apparently, um, it's going to be structured more like a major American sports league, kind of like the NFL, MLB, or NBA, etc. Um, so, uh, not so much like a typical MMA promotion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the W, the WFL, will also feature an athlete association that implements a CBA with 50-50 revenue share, guaranteed contracts, health insurance, career-ending insurance, and a pension plan. And they are hoping to launch by 2023. Mm-hmm. So let's just start there with the initial because there's a lot there a lot more has come out since the initial report that we'll kind of get to but just on the surface level of that announcement alone what are your guys' thoughts? It, it's exciting. Um, I sure. don't know. I mean, kind of depends know. who's starting it too, right? I'm more interested to see who's behind it. Yeah, I, I I'm be more way more interested when I figure out who's involved. Sure, that's going to change a lot for me. But I mean, this is something we've talked about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to see it actually kind of starting to come to fruition a little bit's pretty pretty fun. Right, and you know. It's something that it's it's about time. You know, it's these guys have needed. I mean, you you see it all the time with fighters who get, especially the career ending insurance. Like some of these guys sure. take some of these shots, or you know, we just talked about the um, round tree with that kick. Like having something like that to, yeah, because the UFC doesn't pay for everybody's surgeries, right? Some people I like mean, yeah, you know, UFC. Jason Mill- Mayhem Miller, go look that story up. You yeah, know? or like a guy like um. Uh, who's not Sean Shirt? Who's the guy? It's all jacked up today. The legend uh, that we talked about yeah, a while was, ago. Who was that? I can't remember. <sighs> Why is that? Don't leave me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And then like that. Remember that T.J. Grant who went through all those concussions yeah. and was close to a title shot, sure. never got back up there. And that this will come go a long way with fighter pay and you know. You talk about revenue splits, like yeah, and for and you know, and like so, there's a lot in there, like the CBA, the revenue shares, you know, all this stuff for like people that don't know. Essentially, once again, like most major American sports leagues, um, there's going to be like a players' union, right? Um, and and um, and so every team will you know nominate somebody to represent them. These players will you know they'll go back and forth with the ownership and try to fight for pay and mm-hmm. um, different things like that. Um, so, so I'll, I'll kind of like, before we get into a little bit more of this, cause I really want to talk about this cause it's kind of interesting the more I've read about it. But my initial thing is I think it's great. I do think it's awesome. Um, there's still a lot of question marks for me for it. Um, my biggest thing though, is I think this might, you know, the UFC might need to react now. Um, just because uh, the only thing I can draw comparison to right now is if you look at the WWE and AEW, um, the AEW came in kind of started paying guys maybe not the best but they're giving you know a little bit more sweeter deal financial freedom or uh, you know character freedom story mm-hmm. development you know so these guys have more control and more say over their careers i don't really know about pay because who knows what that is in professional right. wrestling but um the biggest thing though is you started seeing like a lot of guys from wwe some mid-tier to even some bigger names now have slowly started to go over and mm-hmm. like they're like the wwe's in trouble um i'm not a big pro wrestling guy i don't know i just kind of hover above and watch this stuff but right. um you know you have started to see so i think something like this comes into play you're gonna see some big names that are mm-hmm. gonna leave the ufc and give it a shot and if they go over there and it's successful you might see an exodus of people just like hey this is a way better deal and i think the nf or uh, yeah the ufc needs to realize there was one something called the aba 
you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure at one point the ABA was on top of the world. They had the Indiana, I mean, the Indiana Pacers, they had some of the best teams in the world, and they probably thought at one time, too, that there's no way that we'll ever not be the biggest in the mm-hmm. world. And most kids or people, you know, under the age of, you know, like 25 might not even know what the ABA is. Right. Brandon included. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm just saying is I think the UFC needs to take this very seriously mm-hmm. um, and, and really potentially react now to it and try to start making some really serious changes. But I'm going to get in a little bit more to what is coming out because now it's like kind of a weird setup. So uh, the new league is structured as a nonprofit where independent franchise owners will roster a team of athletes signed from free agency or via the league's entry draft. Hmm. Um, which we've kind of talked about, you know, draft potentially. They got and, that from us, obviously. Yeah, each team will compete uh, in home and away competitions in a traditional league format, vying for a playoff spot. The owners and athletes are governed by the league's bylaws and collective bargaining, basically the players' unions right. and stuff. So basically, they're setting this up where it's like team versus team. So I'm guessing, which I'm just guessing and speculating, it's kind of more like a wrestling you know, collegiate wrestling where mm-hmm. our heavyweight's going to face your heavyweight, our 35, like every team yeah. will have somebody that'll fill probably a weight class, but it is going to be more of a team thing. Um, let me run through some more of these. Um, it'll s- consist of four conferences, North America, South America, Europe slash Africa, and the Asia, Asia and Oceania. Uh, the conferences will consist of no less than eight teams and no more than 24. Each team will roster 24 athletes. So I don't know if you're going to have probably fill, you know, mm-hmm. second string guys. It'll probably fill in if somebody gets hurt. Probably, so to, yeah. probably 12 weight classes is what I'm guessing. And then each weight class will have a backup or a, um, and then, and then, oh, oh, it says right here, compromising of three athletes per weight class. So, um, yeah. So I guess that'd be what, six, mm-hmm. six probably weight classes. That'll be interesting. Um, there's going to be launched in North America first. Uh, right now, there is six French approved franchise owners, four in the USA, two in Canada, that claim they have multiple, and they claim they have multiple proposals and applications being submitted for other teams. So it sounds like every city, state, or you know, major state right now might get one of these new WFL mm-hmm. MMA teams, and you know, maybe they'll host them at like Banker's Life or whatever your local basketball, football. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah. very interesting. I don't know yeah. how I feel about it. I don't know how MMA works under a traditional American sports structure, mm-hmm. but I'm here to find out. Well, if it's not a team like this, it looks like boxing where fighters kind of bid off their fights to the biggest promotion that yeah. buys it. And it's a little bit more money talking directly right. to them. Sure. Um, but I mean, this could be, you know, this could be a, a nice little switch up. I mean, you've seen some of these other leagues thrive. PFL has been looking well. Mm-hmm. Um, one, and they've been putting together some really great fight cards and stuff. So this could be a chance. I, I imagine these smaller promoters are probably that's more scared than Dana almost because, yeah. you know, if you're just a, a new guy at like 1FC or something and, Whew. you know, you see this opportunity to run over there. It'd be hard to compete financially. Yeah. Especially with all the, you know, the insurance and all that stuff. That's going to be so huge for those guys, man. Yeah. Or, and, I mean, and ladies, I'm assuming. You see a lot well. of fighters who hold on to jobs. Yeah. You know, while they're still trying to get to the bigger paydays because they right. need benefits and stuff like that. What do so. you think? I think my biggest, so I'm very happy. I guess this is really good news for the fighters, right? But on the other hand, as a fan, that a very selfish point would for me would be a, a fear of a drop in quality. I guess, mm-hmm. like when we see, uh, you know, like maybe, a, like you said, a mass exodus from mm-hmm. UFC and things like that. Um, I just feel like there's going to be that sort of um, middle ground area. I'm trying to think. There's a, a 
term everyone uses. I can't think of it. Um, applesauce. No. Um, doesn't matter. But anyway, like kind of a point in time where when you, when you have people leaving, go and figure out where they want to be, where we just see that dip in quality a little yeah. bit. Because mm-hmm. these guys are trying to come up in this new organization. What we're used to is then all of a sudden dropping. So it's like, well, this these both are kind of crappy right now. I could be way wrong. So that's why I'm going to probably reserve a lot of my judgment until we start mm-hmm. seeing a bit more really starting to happen. Yeah. yeah. So maybe well, we'll, what I was going to say is that, you know, Luke Rockhold actually touched on this. I think it was like last week or so. Uh-huh. Um, but what makes it hard for the UFC to ever turn into this, at least for right now, is they pay the top guys well enough to where they're not going to, you know, go against the UFC. Sure. It's the middle guys and low guys who are actually really hurting more here. Yeah. So in that same breath, I could, I definitely could see some middle tier guys or guys who haven't been able to quite get over the hump in the UFC cutting over, Mm -hmm. but I could also see the UFC continuing to pay the top guys. Yeah. But it's tough, man, because you know, it's, I don't want to get, you know, too personal with our own personal business, but like me and you work for a union. Right. And so it's like, you know, even if, uh, what comes along with that is like, yeah, you know, maybe your hourly pay isn't, the, but like what you're making up for in insurance and benefits and, and more stability. Representation, yeah. I mean, depending on what the UFC's paying some of these top guys even, like just having that stability and knowing that past your career or if you get hurt, like mm-hmm. you're you're still good. Yeah. You know, that this that comfort might really entice a lot of even high level guys, even if they're getting paid crazy money. Right. And they're gonna take an upfront, maybe a little bit of a pay cut, it still might be yeah. worth it for some that's why I said I think the UFC, if this league is not planning on launching till two thousand twenty three, I think they need to react now. Yeah. You are just do start doing something to try because you're gonna lose it's gonna happen. If this if this league really happened, I mean Granted, as sports fans, John can attest is there's always a new a professional football league that's going to start, mm-hmm. and maybe they do for like XFL. A, yeah, and it doesn't last, or that never gets off the ground. Right. So, granted, this is all as long as this thing sees through and actually happens, people will leave. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's going to be some big, like some shocker people. Well, you get some, you know, you talk about this whole Francis thing with the interim title and yeah. not giving him a chance and sure. him having issues. Stipe, look at a guy like Stipe. Imagine, imagine the UFC losing a guy like Stipe, who's just like in a division that needs big names like that. Yeah. But like, where he's at with the UFC right now. You don't think if this thing wasn't up and running, he's not walking tomorrow? I, right. I guarantee he would. I mean, it's just him and John Jones. Real, just, yeah, yeah. Shoot down. Real quick, if you had to name the Indiana MMA team, what would you name it? Jeez, I have no the, idea. Would you go Indiana or Indianapolis? You, you're probably somebody like I'd put him in Newcastle. <laughs> well, the actual capital. I would, I'd <laughs> yeah. probably go with Indiana. Okay, Indiana. What? I don't know. Think of something real I'm, quick. I have nothing. Just say something. Anything. How do you feel about the Indianimals? What about the Indiana Gladiators? And the reason I say that is because we have a whole like Coliseum combat. Okay. I don't know. So like you like that would be like our minor league team. I don't. I don't know. John, what would you name it? Um, probably the Indiana Dynamite Hand Sharkheads. Jeez. What about you? You can't even follow that. No. What would you do? The Indiana Dynamite Hand Sharkheads. That's what you would do. Yeah. Dude, do you- who's fighting those guys? Yeah. That mascot is off the chain. <laughs> Just a shark with like two dynamite hands. <laughs> Just swinging on people. Come on, hey, man. We're going to see that through. We might need to propose a, a team here. Uh, okay, moving on. We'll keep you guys filled in as that continues to develop. Uh, huge fight announcement uh, by 1FC actually mm-hmm. this week. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson will face Muay Thai World Championship, World Champion, excuse me, Road Tang in a mixed <sighs> rules match. 
Uh, round one and three will be fought under Muay Thai rules with MMA gloves. Rounds two and four will be MMA. Um, this will this fight will happen on December fifth at their One uh, X card, which is like their ten year anniversary. I Crazy. think. Um, and for people that don't know who Road Tang is, go to YouTube and watch because it's scary. This dude is. This is going to be interesting. Um, he's he's very dangerous Muay Thai fighter and. I think in a world where these kind of freak show fights are selling right now, I think this is a home run by oh, one, and I'm dude. extremely interested in watching this. And and I, the fact that round one is the Muay Thai round is scary hours for DJ. Oh yeah, <laughs> this road. Imagine like Road Tong if if you go watch him and then just put six ounce gloves on him. I mean. <sighs> D is going to be scary for DJ. Mm. And then likewise, in the next round, DJ is just going to yeah, be like double leg, double yeah, leg, double leg. It's double leg city. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. It's no. going to be just... Uh, I, I heard the the one chairman or whatever speaking, and he was just like, these guys are literally in those first two rounds in their sport are going to do, I mean, if it gets to round two for DJ even, they're going to do everything they can to finish in those well, first you know, two rounds. This is what you... This would have been a best case scenario for like Connor and Floyd sure. for me, because mm-hmm. you knew, you know, when you're just in strictly in one person's it's arena, tough. yeah, you're never really gonna show out. But to have that, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, also announced on that card, Gary Tonin's gonna fight for the mm-hmm. one title. Um, John Lineker, a name people probably right. recognize from the UFC, he's fighting for their 35 pound title or not 35. Um, is it 45? They do. He's got to be 45. They, they do weight classes and stuff because they're they're 25 or what they call flyweight is actually 35 because of their whole like hydration thing they mm. do over there. Um, but yeah, super excited for that. That is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm here for that. Um, also announced this week, trilogy fight between Brandon Moreno versus Davis and Figgy Figueiredo yeah. official for UFC 269 on December 11th. Apparently they tried to book Alexandre Pantoja, but uh, he won't be ready for some reason by the end of the year. So they decided to move forward with the trilogy. Excited mm-hmm. for that one to play out again. Oh, yeah. Also, two legends announced their retirements this week as Joseph Benavidez and Carlos Condit say they are officially hanging it up and calling it a career in mixed martial arts. Thank you to those two legends, mm-hmm. uh, just two warriors that always put on a great fight. And, yeah, I'm I'm glad they're both moving on, though. Probably the best For call. Sure. Anything else in the news, boys, before we move on? That's all I got. Nothing. Uh, I do have, I don't know if you've seen, but the Mountain won his first a professional boxing match. Oh, did he? I saw he was yeah. training. That um, that was it. Eddie Hearns is who he was supposed to fight. He dropped out, I believe, and uh, he won his in like a first round TKO. So that's that's about all I got added to that. Um, I just thought that was really funny. Hopefully, his fight ends up. They end up actually doing that big fight between him and that Eddie Hearns. I think that'd be Eddie Hall. Or Eddie Hall. Hall. Yeah, yeah, the other power lifter. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right, well, boys, we're going to open the fight pantry. It's time. Oh, my gosh. We don't have a drop for this yet. Brandon, okay, so these are Tim Tams. I'm going to have, while I'm opening this, I'm going to have Brandon read to you what a Tim Tam is. Okay, so a Tim Tam is a brand of chocolate biscuit introduced by the Australian Biscuit Company. Oh, man, was it Arnott's? In, in 1964. It consists of two malted biscuits separated by a light chocolate creamy filling and a coated in thin layer of a texture. Chocolate. Oh my gosh, these things look way better than I thought. Okay, so fight pantry. So we'll, we kind of announced it last week, but what we're going to do for this segment is periodically um, for like, you know, we might, not every fight, but just as we see fit, we're going to take an international fighter and we're going to try a snack or some type of drink uh, native to his or her country. So this week, the first one we're doing is these Tim Tams, like Brandon said, from Australia. So obviously we're doing this for uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, and yeah, so, and chocolate biscuits for the record is just what they call cookies. Yeah. So it's just a cookie. 
Um, I don't want people to think this is a chocolate-covered biscuit. Which is probably still, so which Brandon, is fire. These look amazing, and they smell amazing. I'm, like, really hopeful that we're we're starting out with a banger here. We're gonna, well, these were, I don't know if you want to tell them the story of a... Uh, Hold on. Oh, uh, I'll tell the story. Uh, they just dropped these on Nathan's porch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just out in the there heat. Yeah, push them there. They go. were, uh, so they melted. He had to refreeze them. Yeah, they've been in my fridge since, like, Monday. So we're, This Hold is on. messy. John, Already. take yours. You guys go ahead and try them. Go right for it. No need to wait. Oh, oh, oh Brandon's yeah. face. Oh, oh, God, that's so gross. They are so melty. Brandon looks very happy right now. Okay, here we go. Three, two, bite. They're yeah. like an... Uh, okay, so you, you... Oh, my God. You know those yeah. cookies, the ones that everyone... The fudge rounds, is that what they're oh called? Oh, my goodness. Where they're like just a circle with a little chocolate drizzle? Mm-hmm. They taste like those, but like upgraded. Oh my goodness! Okay, good eye, Mike. Right, these are hitting, boys. This is a strong start. I'm glad I made my pick for Volkanovski because <laughs> you deserve <laughs> this. It. Validates it. Yeah, shout out to you if you're making 45 when these are all over your country. We had to pay 15 dollars to have these shipped in, so they're they're a little overpriced for us. But man, these are amazing. Worth I, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel I feel like we should rate these. We'll do a little leaderboard. We'll get it going. This is obviously going to be our first one. Oof. Scale of 1 to 10. That's what we'll do it on. Brandon, what are you giving the Tim Tams? What are you rating them on your snack level? A 9. Oh, wow. Yeah. Rookie score, mm-hmm. but very, very strong start. John. Yeah, I'm um, I'm going to go 8.5. Really close to the top. If it was – and here's the other thing, too. If they weren't all melty, I probably would give yeah. it a little bit higher. Just because, like, I don't know – if I kept on eating these things, by the time you've seen me – Yeah. I'm gonna like Matilda. I'm going to go an 8-1. I really like them. Very good. Um, the cookie on the inside, I can tell, is really good, too. They kind of have a malt taste to them. Mm-hmm. You guys taste said it? malty in there. Does it? Yeah. Say at first, I was like, is this like a coffee type of thing? Yeah, or? yeah, no. The chocolate, the milk chocolate is really good, but then that malt taste at the end. Mm-hmm. I really, I love malt. So, you right. have, if you're not a chocolate malt guy, you might not. But yeah, I'm a big malt guy. I'm a Tim Tams guy. <laughs> if you're at Gaha Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tomorrow, I'm going to be bringing these to finish them off. So <laughs> Put those <laughs> with some ice cream. I feel bad. Maybe I shouldn't. We actually have fighters that are uh, cutting weight right now, so I might not bring the. Sometimes you got to tempt them, dog. Maybe I, know, maybe I don't bring the Tim Tams in for everybody to try, but I can't finish this whole pack. There's like 14 of these in here. so Very good. Uh, very good. Um, we'll get the scores. We'll do an average. Um, so I said 8-1. Eight, 8.5. Eight eight half. You said nine. 9. So we'll figure out what the average is on those scores, and we'll just start our leaderboard. But Tim Tams right yeah. at the top right now. Yeah, it's yeah. coming in hot, baby. Yeah, they set that bar up there. Boys, that's really all we got this week. Um, I'm going to do Song of the Week. I'm going to mm-hmm. do uh, Damian Marley's. Welcome to Gemrock. Nice. Big Damien Marley. You know that song? Sounds familiar. I'm I'm feeling that vibe this week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really. You a big reggae guy? I do like reggae. I I do that. Well, listen, go listen to that song. I will. Up in the streets. Do you ever feel iry? I do. Every team. Just making sure. Um, I've been to Jamaica, bro. That's true. (laughs) John, before we go, do you have one for the road for the people? Oh. No, not really, man. I've, I've been enjoying. What if, but the endings have been kind of weird, so that's my one thing for people. Okay. First uh, pay-per-view in a while. It's been a minute, so check this card out, man. It's stacked. It's going to be a good one. My one for the road is do not fart on your jujitsu partners. Do it on the outside. What about, like, you mean, like, don't do it on purpose? Don't fart on your jujitsu partner. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I've been dealing with it with somebody that may or may not be on this. Sounds like a, sounds like a Levi thing. Yeah. No. 
not. No. Who's my jujitsu training partner? Oh, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, sometimes it, people try to do extra stuff amidst drilling. It's like, it, just pass, and this guy goes for like a leg lock, and I'm like, what do you expect me to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming like an every class thing. Man. That's okay. Two for two this good, week. Good to know. Yeah. Did it, good for me to know. Did it both times this week. We wow. drilled. Guess what? He let go of the submission. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the bad thing is on Thursday... Uh, I think it was, yeah, Ferg was like, man, you did that Monday, too. Yeah. <laughs> so other people are noticing. Right. Hey, it's part of it. You're, you're, you're getting out there. You're making it in. Listen. That's all we got, folks. We'll be back next Monday. Enjoy UFC 266. Drink water. Drink water. We'll see you then. Peace. Bye, 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 bye. Bye.